In late 2007, the remains of a young woman from the Casca Nation were discovered in the Yukon woods. I always think about, I want to know what really happened. So I travel north to try to understand what happened and who was involved. It's a pretty big risk to come forward with the information that I have. I'm David Ridgen, and this is Someone Knows Something, Season 8, The Angel Carlet Case. Available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Damon Fairless. The public inquiry into foreign electoral interference kicks off today. The Independent Commission was sparked by allegations that China had interfered in Canadian elections, a bombshell accusation that ignited a major political battle in Ottawa. Opposition parties wanted an inquiry, but the Liberal government initially said no. It designated former Governor General David Johnson to investigate whether one was needed. And even though he concluded that foreign governments are trying to influence Canadian politics, he recommended against an inquiry. That sparked even more political outrage. So in September, Justin Trudeau eventually called for one. The inquiry is already facing hard questions about who gets to take part and how, and how much of the findings can actually be shared with the public. Catherine Tunney is a CBC parliamentary reporter who covers national security. She's been following the story closely, and she's here with me now to explain. Hey, Kat, thanks for coming on Frontburner. It's good to have you back. Thanks for having me. Let's just start with the basics. Uh, Can you help me understand what the main goals of this inquiry are? Yeah, I mean, uh, Commissioner Marie uh, Jose Og does not have an easy job ahead of her. It's a, it's a pretty huge mandate. One is to kind of figure out whether foreign interference happened in the past two federal elections, 2019 and, and 2021. And if so, to what extent did China, Russia, India, for example, and, and others play in meddling? Um, and if it basically made an impact or not. So it's a pretty big question, and that's one part of, of her mandate. She also is looking at whether the government, not just the liberal government, but you know the whole machinery of government, if it's set up in a way that can respond to foreign interference. Um, there's lots of questions about who is talking to who, what, and, and how information got out. So she also has to figure out, you know, are we set up? And she kind of has a limited runway to do this as well. Um, you know, we're starting this week with the inquiry. Then there's a bit of a break and it. We'll hear kind of the meteor um, issues come March. But she has an interim report that's due in May. Uh, and then her final report is due um, by the end of the year. She has a huge mandate and she does have a, a pretty crunched timeline to do this. So most of the public focus has been on China and Russia, but then we learned last week that India is going to be included in the inquiry as well. So so we've covered the allegations that India was linked to the killing of a Sikh activist, Hardeep Singh Nijjar, here in Canada, and then also the U.S. allegations that it was behind an assassination plot there in the States. So I guess what I'm curious about is, do you have a sense of specifically what the inquiry wants to look at when it comes to India? I mean, we, we know that, she, that the commissioner is, you know, asking for more information. You know, this is something that, you know, definitely those in the, in the Sikh community and others, too, have raised. You know, if you're looking at China and Russia, we also have concerns um, about India. And, and always the, the mandate um, that, that she has said, you know, China, Russia and others. Justice Og will be tasked with examining and assessing interference by China, Russia and other foreign states 
and non-state actors, including any potential impacts, to confirm the integrity of and impacts on the 2019 and 2021 general elections. Others is doing a lot of work in that sentence. So now we have a clear sense that that India is going to be, um, at least at least we're asking for information. Obviously, we'll have to see, you know, what, how big or, or small a role and, and who's going to come and talk about that. We know from from reporting that there's been questions about Iran's um, interference, uh, North Korea. So. It'll be it'll be interesting to get a sense of how long she's going to spend on all those countries. But for sure, I mean, kind of why we are here in the first place is because of media um, reporting from the Globe and Mail and Global, and that you know really focused on on, on China's interference. Um, you know, the role, you know, allegedly, of course, all of this is, is based on anonymous sources and and confident, you know, leaked leaked documents. But, you know, it talked about how China wanted to see a, a liberal minority government in the last election. And that, of course, is is what happened. Um, and there's also lots of questions about China's alleged interference in, in candidate nominations and how big of a role they were playing there. So, yeah. I mean, undeniably, China is probably going to be the biggest player here. But, but, but you know, let's not forget that China is not the only player when it comes to foreign interference, <laughs> especially foreign electoral interference. So, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, to see what else she gets to cover. It's been kind of a long and winding road to get this inquiry. The, the Liberal government has, you know, it's, it's resisted this inquiry. Uh, but I, I kind of want to go back to what you mentioned, that the reports that were coming out over the last couple of years, you know, uh, alleging uh, certainly Chinese interference, but but other countries as well. Can we just, can you take me back there and, and let's go through these reports. So what, what are the substance of these reports? Yeah, well, some of the, the main ones is that China, one, um, allegedly played a role in, in um the nomination process, you know, as in, you know, before we even get to, to voting in a main election, you know, we have to choose who's going to be a candidate, you know, for the Liberal Party or for for the Conservative Party, for example. And there there was reporting that t- to suggest that China um, was playing a role in that and hmm. perhaps handpicking um, candidates, you know, allegations that, the, you know, the players, one of them being now independent MP Handong, has has denied he allegedly in February 2021 told a Chinese diplomat that Beijing should hold off on freeing Michael Spaver and Michael Kovrig, the two Canadians it was holding imprisoned, because that would favor a conservative government returning to power. What has been reported is false. And I will defend myself against these absolutely untrue claims. There has been lots of questions about the nomination period is a little bit more of a Wild West situation, if you will, um, unlike, you know, uh, the general election. So there's always been some eyebrow raising about nominations um, and, you know, the suggestions in, in, in those reports that China <laughs> kind of seized on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also perhaps some of the, you know, one of the biggest bombshells was was the Globe and Mail's reporting about, you know, how, how China had a plan, um, you know, and, and there was conversations uh, about wanting to make sure that certain conservatives um, were not elected. We've heard, you know, reports from, you know, a conservative MP, Kenny Chu, who, who said, you know, he was seen on a WeChat, um, you know, a pretty po- very popular um, communication uh, platform that he was being targeted. And he always has felt that China was, was behind that. Chu says Beijing spread propaganda about him being anti-Chinese within the Chinese-Canadian community. They target specific candidates such as myself. 
all of those kind of put together kind of led us to to these questions about what did the Liberal government know um, and, and did they act fast enough? And that's, you know, really kind of we saw that boil over um, in the House of Commons earlier last year. Will he allow Canadians to get to the truth and prevent this from happening again before the next election with a full public inquiry now? Yeah. A uh, public inquiry that has been uh, worked on by all different parties, that is agreed to by everyone, so it doesn't hopefully descend in the kind of toxicity and disagreements that we saw this spring, will demonstrate clearly the uh, responsibility of other countries uh, to cease their interference activities. Um, and then, you know, you know, it was a long and winding road, but, but here we are with the inquiry kicking off today. Okay. So, and, and I guess before we, I get into that, can you give me a sense of what, what, you know, how China in particular with some of the other countries who are alleged to have, you know, interfered in our election process, how, how they responded? China always has denied that this is going on. We are China. And come out and said that, you know, we don't do this, that we were not interested in Canadian affairs and we don't interfere in Canadian affairs and believes that, that you know, or at least says that the government and, and you know, sources have, have made this up. So that's what, you know, they've said behind that for a while. Russia also um, has denied allegations. Going back to this, you know, long and winding path to get to the inquiry, it, it's taken a while. One one of the things that happened was that the government initially resisted opposition to call this inquiry. They brought in uh, the former Governor General David Johnson as a special rapporteur on foreign interference to investigate it. Can, can you take me through that? So how how do we make the turn out of that uh, into this this formal inquiry? Because politics, politics, politics. Um, yeah, so David Johnson, you know, he was appointed the special rapporteur and, and he looked at some of these um, allegations that were on the table. And, and ultimately, he was told to, you know, you can suggest an inquiry and the, and the Liberal government said that they would they would l listen to that and mm -hmm. heed what he had to say. Ultimately, he said that he did not feel like we, th there should have been an inquiry. A further public process is required, but there should not and need not be a separate formal public inquiry. A public inquiry examining the leaked materials could not be undertaken in public, given the sensitivity of the intelligence. It's hard to have these conversations um, out in the open when you're dealing with such, you know, heightened national security concerns. And then there's a whole slew of laws mm -hmm. of protecting classified information. So that was part of his reasoning about, I don't really know much how much further we can we can have this conversation given all of those um, limitations, um, but because of you know the conservatives definitely seized on the fact that he had some long family ties to the Trudeau government. He's named his uh, neighbor, uh, family friend, ski buddy, and member of the Beijing Finance Trudeau Foundation to look into the matter, which is nothing more. Um, and they, you know, immediately kind of cast him as, as this person who can't be trusted and, and perhaps is, is protecting his, his, you know, old family friends. Mr. Johnson, you know, said, you know, he came at this with, with clear, open eyes. Um, but ultimately, he, he said that this is just so political um, that I have to kind of tap out. My objective was to help build trust in our democratic institutions, he wrote. But he added, given the highly partisan atmosphere around my appointment and work, my leadership has had the opposite effect. I am therefore tendering my resignation. 
in that aftermath, there wasn't really <laughs> there was a lot of heat and there wasn't really much place to go. And then the liberal government with, you know, the opposition really coming at them decided to go this way, to, to go with an inquiry. And, and the parties got to help weigh in on, on the parameters and who the commissioner would be. The government of Canada, with the support of all recognized parties in the House of Commons, will appoint the Honorable Marie-Josée Ogg, a judge of the Court of Appeal of Quebec, to lead a public inquiry established under the Inquiries Act. That's kind of how we're getting to where we are, and it will be interesting this week. Um, their main question is, is, how do we have these conversations? I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer health topics in a smart and sometimes counterintuitive way you won't hear anywhere else. Like, what's the least amount of exercise I can do to get the benefits? Which psychedelics can improve my mental health? And how can I check for cancer if I don't have a family doctor? Top experts help me bring you what you need to know in plain language in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, th this inquiry is looking at, you know, really big geopolitical issues, right? Uh, which is obviously a, a big part of this. But but I want to talk about the human element, too, because, you know, actual people, individuals have been targeted here. You're, you know, they're in the crosshairs of this. So there's going to be testimony from victims of foreign interference. And I just want to get a sense of some of the stories that have emerged over the last few years. Yeah, I, mean, I think sometimes when we think, you know, foreign interference and espionage, you know, you, you think, you know, the dossiers and the meeting people and, you know, and, and parking garages. But there are people in Canada who have, um, we know, mm -hmm. through either their testimony before parliamentary committees um, or reports that have come out. And it, or CSIS itself, the spy agency, has also alluded to the fact that, like, there are people here who have felt intimidated, um, have been blackmailed by, by China specifically, yeah. um, told, you know, you're here in Canada, but your, you know, grandparents are, are still in China. And if you don't do X, we will do do Y. So there is um, the threat of intimidation um, and backlash is, you know, something that, that many people have felt. So hopefully we can hear those stories um, in the inquiry. I think there is definitely um, a push to hear those. Now, that being said, you know, if, you, if you're feeling already intimidated, um, then the thing that, of course, is concerned about how, how do you tell that story in, in a, such a very public forum, one that for sure, the Chinese embassy will be will be tuning into. So there's kind of will have to be a, a balance on, on how we figure out how to weigh all of that. So so you and I we're, we're talking on Sunday afternoon. The inquiry starts its public hearings on Monday, so that's today for folks listening today. Uh, but before that gets rolling, the, the first matter of business in the inquiry is determining, I guess, what we can and can't talk about publicly. So break it down for me. What are the what are the challenges there? One of the issues that we've had trying to understand this full story is that, you know, there are leaked documents and there are sources who have told certain stories, but I don't think we have the full picture um, of what's going on. And, you know, we've seen the head of CSIS, for example, the head of the RCMP go to committees, parliamentary committees, and they'll answer a little bit of a question. And then there's probably something that you've heard over and over and over again, which is, you know, due to national security concerns, due to the ongoing investigation, I can't answer that question. We keep kind of coming up 
this wall. And let me tell you, as a reporter, it is very frustrating to give CISA some credit. You know, yes, there you don't want to necessarily show your full hand, um, especially when you're when you're dealing with um, these geopolitical issues and the fact that we're you know active um, in investigations. But there, I think there's also a, a disservice that's happening because you know we have some some reporting, um, you know, snapshots of, of um, certain cases, but we don't have the full picture, right? So I think you know, they're, they're, I think rightfully Canadians have a lot of questions about what or or what did not happen in the past two elections. So on top of that, there are there are laws, um, you know, the Security of Information Act, which you know, p- people who who take that oath are, are not allowed to talk about what they know for their entire lives. Like that's how serious, um, you know, national security concerns. Are and there's the mm. Canada Evidence Act again. All of this is it's trying to protect to make sure that um, you know human sources are protected, right. um, that Canada's secrets are protected. Hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll by the end of the week or you know soon after we'll, we'll get a sense about you know are we actually going to be able to move forward and and have a deeper conversation? Mm-hmm. Are we going to start to get at least if not the full picture, um, much more colored in picture about what's happening? Or is it going to be like, you know, ultimately, maybe she will decide that she in order to to get to the bottom of it for a report, she'll have to have, you know, behind closed doors meetings with with the players and then the public and the media, of course, um, is is essentially locked out. And I think that's where some of the frustration will happen. Like, it'll feel like we're on a hamster wheel um, where we're not moving, moving past this. There's basically a needle to be thread here, right, between the, the, the facts we need to have to have a, you know, a meaningful public inquiry, but also the secrets we need to keep in order not to give away, you know, issues of national security. So, you know, really at the heart of this is intelligence and CSIS, which is, you know, basically the institution that exists to keep secrets, uh, secret intelligence, right? So, so I guess specifically when it comes to figuring out what we can talk about in this inquiry, what, what can we expect to hear from CSIS? Like what, what kind of transparency do you think we can expect? I can tell you what I hope to expect. Um, sure. You know, I mean, obviously uh, as a reporter, you want all the, all the information. I mean, I will say I have spent a little bit of time with, with David Mignot, the, the head of the, the agency. Um, and I would like to think, and then I do kind of sense that CSIS is slowly changing um, and that it wants to have these conversations. Um, so my hope as a journalist is that, and, you know, at, at hoping for Canadians as well, is that the agencies see this as, as a moment to, to, okay, let's have a mature conversation about this and let's at least try, try to tell Canadians the, the whole story because people are going to fill in either way. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see if that happens. You know, you mentioned politics, politics, politics before. That, that's not gone away even with, you know, in, in this, you know, current iteration of, of this uh, question we're dealing with. So I, I, I'm really not familiar with the various standings of each of the political parties and how, you know, at the, at the inquiry. But as I understand, the conservatives aren't happy about the process because they haven't been given a full standing in the hearings. Can can you help me understand that? What's, what do they want exactly? Yeah, so in an inquiry, and we saw this uh, in the Emergencies Act inquiry um, last year as well, you know, if you have, um, you know, a certain level of standing, you get to ask questions, you get to basically cross-examine some of the witnesses, you get to present certain evidence um, as well. So there was a lot of people who were seeking, um, you know, party standing, and not everyone got it, um, the Conservative Party be- being one of them. Um, and they made the point that, you know, we are a party whose whose own members, um, ha- you know, we believe have been targeted 
by China, by right? China. So um, they're quite upset and, and believe that, you know, because of that, they, they, they won't get um, that there's already that this inquiry is somewhat somewhat tainted. <laughs> we'll point out that their um, Michael Chong, their MP, who, you know, is this major player in this story um, because of reporting that told us that, you know, China was was targeting his family overseas because of um, stances he was taking in the House of Commons um, with, with the Uyghurs. And, and, you know, there was a whole follow-up because he didn't even know that, um, and you know, basically until the reporting um, was close to being done. Global Affairs Canada announcing they detected false narratives about Chong's identity, political stances, and family's heritage on the social media platform WeChat and saw a coordinated network of WeChat accounts featured, shared, and amplified a large volume of false or misleading narratives about Mr. Chong. His case especially raises questions, one, about interference and, you know, that question of intimidation and, and targeting, but two, about how, how did he not know? How did he not know until the story came out? And, you know, the prime minister and then the national security intelligence advisor also said that they only learned about that recently. So where, how does that flow of information work? So that case specifically, you know, represents a lot a lot in this inquiry. He does have standing, um, but clearly the conservatives feel, you know, we're talking about electoral interference, so that we should um, have party standing. And, and ultimately, um, the, the commissioner did not go in that direction. How, how does that compare to the other parties? Uh, yeah, so the NDP also um, does not have that party standing. The conservatives and the NDP have what's called intervener's status. They're not completely blocked out, but it's just, it's different. So I guess before I let you go, the, the, the one question that, you know, stays with me is if, if as, as we've talked about earlier, you know, top civil servants have said that attempted election interference may have happened, but it wasn't enough to make a difference one way or another in the 2021 election. I guess if that's the case, then is, is this inquiry even needed? What, why is this inquiry needed? You know, one part of that answer would be that, you know, this is the will of parliament that ultimately, you know, the op opposition um, parties kind of banded together and the you know liberals agreed and that's why we're here and you know the will of parliament is is something that's very um important D you know th i think other people would hear would hear that question and, and say like, yeah why are we here and this is going to cost money and we if you like david johnson or not he you know he did put out a report that also kind of echoed uh, um some of that but i think we're in a spot that is just so gray so confusing um so political even if this inquiry will be tainted by politics as well, because it's it's hard not to be. Um, people might not believe it at the end, um, but it'd be nice to have kind of a definitive report from what's supposed to be an independent inquiry that's heard from all the players that's, you know, had people being cross-examined, that's looked at evidence that perhaps has never been seen before, and to put, you know, a final report that's due by the end of this year on the record. I do, I do see... Um, positives in that. And I think that will be important. That being said, you know, people can, will might read it and take away different things, but I think it, it will be important for this conversation to have kind of that, that on the record. Um, and, and hopefully the much of the inquiry will be public. You know, you can watch it live or, you know, watch, watch a new segment about it. And I think that also will be important for Canada as we kind of figure out what happened. Kat, thanks so much for coming on to talk with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that's it for today. I'm Damon Fairless. Thanks for listening to Frontburner. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.